0: Welcome to Peak Curiosity. This is episode two, and this time I interviewed Christiana Richardson. She's currently in school to become a dietitian, but we talked about all sorts of fun stuff. But just a heads up, we did get into some dark subject matter around 30 minutes in, so that's why this episode is marked explicit. But don't forget to check out the show notes for links to some of the things we talked about. Enjoy! So, now I'm going to kind of officially
1: start. Oh, okay. I don't know how this happens, so. So, what's your
0: favorite animal?
1: My favorite animal, I would have to say a giraffe, just because they are so unpredictable. Because no one really knows what a giraffe is like. They're so exotic in this area of the world. People aren't like, oh, yeah. Don't get near that giraffe. It'll eat you or whatever, you know? So yeah. I just want to get to know giraffes at so some So they're point.
0: unpredictable and exotic.
1: And I think they're the true kings of the jungle, okay? Because oh. hear me out. So <laughs> they hang out with zebras so the zebras can see low down. And then they can see high up. So they protect each other. And then also lions don't usually attack them because their neck is so high up they can't reach it. And that's usually what they go for. So, I mean, they're kind of golden as long as they're not drinking water, and then they're just screwed. So
0: (laughs) they can't drink water.
1: Well, if there's lions around, then the lions will. Oh, and their necks are down. Yeah, yeah. So when they're drinking the water, the lions will like run up and like try and bite their necks. I understand. But yeah, so a lot of times lions get killed by giraffes because like they'll kick them and stuff. So I don't know. They seem pretty cool, but.
0: So, what's yeah. your favorite article of clothing? Like, not necessarily, it could be a specific one. Okay. But, like, for me, my favorite thing are socks.
1: Oh, okay. So, like, not necessarily the favorite item in your closet, but, like, what you always go to look at in the store or... Yeah. Okay. I would say definitely pants. I'm obsessed with pants because it's so hard to find pants that um, that are long enough and so I get really excited and it's almost there's just this out of body euphoric experience when I find a pair of pants that fit me well. <laughs> and so that's probably my favorite article of clothing. It's like a love hate relationship though. So That's fair. Yeah.
0: Any other thoughts about pants?
1: Uh I like the how do fact they make you feel? They they make me feel confident because I like the high waistedness of them. Or I always wear high waisted pants. I don't care if this trend goes away in 20 years. I'm still going to be wearing high-waisted pants. Because I just don't feel like low-rise was ever good for the world. I just. It just seemed wrong to me. Immorally, you know? Morally <laughs> <laughs> wrong? Morally wrong. Well, so
0: low-rise. Yeah, I like mid, but I'm yeah, not a high-rise person. Good. But the problem with low-rise is that if you have. Any more as a woman, if you have any more than 15% body fat, you oh, have wow. a muffin top.
1: No, you look bad. I saw a picture of your favorite person, Taylor Swift, wearing low-rise jeans. When she was like a when teenager? When she was like a teenager. And you know, she was like real skinny, right? Like teenagers can yeah, and be. Yeah, she still looked dumb. And she still had a muffin top. And I was like, dude, that girl's got like 5% body fat. I don't know how she's getting a muffin top. It's the jeans. They just yeah. they don't look good on anyone. They just squeeze you. Yeah, they squeeze you wrong in not a good way.
0: That's
1: fair. So
0: confident. I like it. Yes. Okay, so where were you born?
1: I was born in a Motel 9, room 109, uh, at 9 o'clock in Utah. But I don't remember the name of the town. I mean, it was in the Salt Lake area. Mm -hmm. And I asked my dad if I could go visit it. And so we were going to go over there uh, when we were in Salt Lake, visiting my sister and it got torn down, which makes sense because it was really old and dilapidated. So, yeah. I just, yeah. I wish I had been back to the place of my birth and, you know, touched the ground like a, and said something spiritual. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, walking bear spirit, or I don't know. You know, the ground <laughs> is soft <laughs> and moist because of the rot on the floor. <laughs> but, yeah. And,
0: uh,. You were born in a hotel
1: room. Yeah. Because? Because my parents are those, uh, they're Christian hippie homeschool types. So they, you know, they didn't have any of their kids in the hospital. And, Mm. you know, I was their last kid. So my mom had already had seven kids before me. So she was just like popping them out. She didn't care. She was like, bruh, I got this. I don't even need a midwife. Yeah. Like, I think the midwife showed up towards the end of when she was having me and she was just chill she probably would have like tied off the umbilical cord herself or something like she was like i don't know could handle pain probably way more than me or anyone else she
0: sounds like a badass lady yeah
1: she's pretty ba she can do like 20 men's push-ups what yeah and and she's she's, 70 yeah well no my dad is in his 70s she's like late 60s yeah
0: that's insane. Yeah. She can still do 20 minutes. Yeah, dude. I can't do 20.
1: She, yeah. I mean, I know. That's what I'm saying. My mom is yoked. <laughs> she's stacked like a plate of pancakes. I don't know. Oh, wow. That's yeah. crazy. Um, it's cool. Yeah. And she works on a farm still and then helps the elderly. I don't know. She's one of those. Busy, busy. Busy, busy people. Yeah.
0: So you were born there, but where were you raised?
1: I was raised till i was four in elko nevada and then my parents moved away from elko just because there was a lot of um how do i put this pc uh there were a lot of brothels (laughs) and gambling (laughs) gambling apparatuses near there and so i think they just didn't want their children to be uh influenced by that realm of what is that? I'm trying to sound way too fancy here. Just they didn't want their kids to be living there. So uh, they left and left one of my brothers and his wife there. Because, like, my parents leave kids in every state that they've lived in. Because you know how if your parents are really I hope dramatic, they're old. Yeah, they're old. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> my siblings are elderly. <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> I mean, like, not five. Yeah. No, because so it's kind of one of those things where it's like, when your parents are really nomadic and you're not, you kind of settle down into an area and then they're like, hey, we're leaving and you're an adult and you're married now and you have a house over here. So they just stayed in those states. Yeah, so that's pretty cool.
0: Um, You're the youngest of 14.
1: Yes, yeah. Um. So the oldest I have never met because he died of SIDS. But I think I've... <laughs> I think I've met all the other ones at least once, you know, when I was a baby or something. And do you,
0: you guys don't do family reunions
1: or anything? I mean, we do, but it's mostly my mom's side. Okay. So my mom's side is really good about, you know, getting together. That's the Bjornson family. and But the Richardson family is, like, really independent and kind of uh, anal retentive and <laughs> um, paranoid, <laughs> su- such and such. And they're all real tall and skinny, so <laughs> I don't know why I feel <laughs> of They're just kind of weirdos. But <laughs> um, me being one of them. So mm. they kind of all did their own thing and don't really talk to each other, which is not the funnest, but they all like me because I'm the youngest. So no
0: <laughs> oh, babies. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. It's cool. I
0: feel being a baby myself.
1: Yeah. Uh. So what did your parents do? Uh. So like as far as work and stuff Mm -hmm. or yeah. So when I was four growing up, my dad was an accountant for most of his life. And so um, he got let go from his job at Caterpillar because he was doing expense accounts, expense accounting for them. So uh, he took that as a sign that it was time for him to go get into farming So they moved from Nevada out to the sandy bank of Emmett Valley over here in Idaho and um, started strawberry farming because that's kind of like a high yield, high profit margin. So if you can grow it, they will come basically. Mm -hmm. So he did that super labor intensive and they still do that. And I was recently talked to my mom on the phone and they planted like two thousand plants this summer so wow pretty proud of them because they're old yeah <laughs> and i mean they had some friends from their church help them out and stuff so that's good so they're trucking yeah
0: wow that's amazing
1: yeah so you were
0: basically put to work at like 11
1: mm-hmm. yeah probably around 11 and you know like when you're that age, you don't really have the attention span to work for more than three hours or five hours at the max, you know? Oh yeah. That's doing awesome. Yeah. That's doing like way good for an 11 year old. I think I remember a couple days when I got really into it and worked that long, but once I got to, you know, high school age, I really started, you know, buckling down and working hard on my parents' farm. And so, yeah. And I mean, that's a whole story in and of itself, but I pretty much quit doing school and just worked for them. So I didn't do math up to the age of, let's see.
0: You kind of just mostly quit school at like 14. Your parents were like, this (laughs) isn't the thing that we need to do anymore. You can be done. I had
1: this old like math book that went up to, I think, uh, seventh grade. Mm Mm-hmm. And I didn't finish it, so I never got to the seventh grade part. <laughs> aye, aye, aye. Yeah, so I was pretty bad. Like, I would get nervous when people would play board games that had math involved oh, in Oh, yeah,
0: it. I can see that.
1: Yeah, so it was a big, like, fear of mine growing up just because I was like, hey, I'm just a dumb farmer. But, you know, <laughs> I got over it and practiced a little bit. And I'm glad I was able to get into community college and, um, you know, finish some math classes there. So, Yeah. Good. Yeah. So you are in college now. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I finished my first semester of official college after I did uh, several years of kind of just classes building up so that I could um, catch up, catch up, you know. So, you know, it's been a good um, past couple years, mostly just burning myself out because I did. I just chose not to take breaks in the summer. So I would basically just be doing school Mm -hmm. all year round. Um so yeah. A lot of people can relate to that because school takes a long time and no one wants to be in school forever. So I can I understand it. Yeah. And and what degree do you want? Uh so I am going for uh it's called a basically bachelor's in nutrition and so after that they put you into a really short masters program. It's usually like a year to year and a half and it's uh gets you ready to be a registered dietitian. So then you take a little test and then you're able to, you know, counsel people and nutrition and things like that.
0: Gotcha. So, yeah. We'll come back to that, but I want to, yeah. we, we skipped a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so do you think by starting out when you were that young, did it really give you a good work ethic?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think it gives you a lot of confidence going into the job market because a lot of uh employers look at your resume and they say, oh, you worked on a farm your whole life. And, they see that at least in Idaho as a plus because they're like, okay, this kid probably can get their hands dirty and mm-hmm. won't get kind of complainy if the job gets hard. So that's nice. You know, I remember when I got my job I have now at the anodizing company, um, we kind of connected me and my boss over working on irrigation. Cause he's got about 10 acres and he hates doing it. And so I was like, yep. When you got your elbows up to water, or your <laughs> water up to your elbow <laughs> and you're trying to like shove pipes together but you can't see them cuz it's all underwater. Oof. <laughs> it's not fun, but yeah. Yikes.
0: So, um tell me a little bit about your dad. He changed his name from who knows what to
1: mm-hmm.
0: pro-life Richardson. Yes,
1: pro-hyphen-life. Yeah. Yep. Oh yeah, don't forget the hyphen. (laughs) Yeah. He's always like, it's hyphen you guys. Pro (laughs) hyphen life. (laughs) So what oh yes. Why? (laughs) (laughs) So he uh I'm trying to remember the main reason why he did it. He initially did it because he was he went to school for political science, right? And then also accounting was his second major. Okay. So he his kind of goal with life was to be an accountant to make money for his family, but then have his political science degree so that he could run for office and hopefully get elected to, you know, local office. And, mm-hmm. you know, obviously, and I don't know this is, if this is how most ambitious po- politicians start out, but a lot of them think, you know, OK, it'd be cool if I was president someday. Yeah. You know, a lot of people think that way. And, you know. Rightly so, because they're. I mean, look who's been able to become president. That's pretty cool. Different, a lot of different people from different walks of life. But yeah, for sure. Um. So, yeah. So he kind of started out really ambitious with that, and then decided that he didn't like compromising his, I guess, moral views. Um, and kind of staying silent on certain issues when uh, he had the opportunity to say something and so he decided to turn like a whole 180 and instead of addressing any issues outside of moral issues (laughs) like any gray area things he would just flip the table every time they asked him a question and turn it to like you know abortion or homosexuality or you know something that he was very uh passionate about Hmm. what do you call that just passionate about i guess having a a ministry towards serving people and gotcha. Yeah. So he, uh, I mean, he did a lot of good stuff as far as, um, pe- making people more aware of different, uh, crisis pregnancy centers around the Valley, like Stanton mm-hmm. and things like that. And so that's good. And I definitely can respect my dad for his position on things. But, um, at the same time, he's very extreme, yeah. It's a bit much. It's very, it's very a bit much. And it, it, I think it makes people discount him altogether. And so they don't really listen to anything he says. It kind, cause, it kind of
0: sounds crazy. Yeah.
1: I mean, cause he, he's so one-minded that it is crazy. In my opinion, it's a little crazy. So, um, yeah, I mean, I kind of miss when he used to just, you know, be an average, uh, independent runner and, you know, had good opinions on things because he's not dumb. Like he knows how to talk about things other than abortion, but he just chooses to not anymore. Yeah. So
0: did he, he ran for governor for Idaho quite a few times. Mm -hmm. Did he, how close did he ever get?
1: Oh, I don't think he ever got more than like 20% of the vote. uh, If that but that's, that's pretty actually good. I mean, yeah. Like if even if you get ten percent of the vote, that's pretty impressive, honestly, for a whole state. Um, and he would get on, you know, different pretty big news stations and things like that. So that was kind of exciting for me because people would ask me, like, Oh, you're pro life's kid, and I'm like, That's all right. And then <laughs> later on, as I got older, people were like, Oh, you're uh you're pro life's kid. How's that? <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> Uh, no comment. (laughs) But yeah, I just remember this one lady walking up to me and being like, oh my gosh, you're one of pro-life's kids. I mean, your home life must be so awesome because you have such cool parents and all this stuff about like how great my parents were. And I was like, just thinking to myself, okay, lady, no one's perfect. Like, you know, people show their best self to everyone else. And not to say that my dad's a horrible person, but you know, it's... You know your parents better than anyone else. You know. So but yeah, it was funny.
0: That is a good story. Yeah. Let's see. Do you know how many times he ran for governor?
1: I don't. I think it must have been something around six or seven yikes yeah and I might be totally wrong on that it might have been that because I was pretty young he might have ran for like state senate and stuff as well so yeah
0: that was my next question did he run for a smaller office like mayor or city council even
1: um I don't think he ever ran for mayor but I think he and I don't think he ran for city council my mom has done that though my mom has ran for like city council I think before yeah things like that but she's kind of the same as my dad just because like they want to have a common vision, I guess. And yeah, so she doesn't want to like run to get elected either. Cause my dad's goal isn't really to get elected anymore. He just wants to talk uh, to people and witness to them. Um, uh, because his whole thing is like, you know, it's my duty to make people accountable for the truth. And so he, you know, would say that all the time. And so that's kind of I guess their whole motivation in life at this point they they hold signs out on street corners that say things like that I would never hold on a sign (laughs) because it's very inflammatory Um, and it's better to just have conversations with people and kind of serve them and see where they're at and
0: yeah it's kind of hard to talk about whether it's abortion or the gospel or I don't know black lives matter or any myriad of big topics yeah on a sign
1: it is yeah it's like i mean you could hold a sign that says something like you know what's your opinion on this talk to me yeah and that yeah. would be a good like you know an opener sign that you know gets people interested so that you can connect with people yeah. I like tra- steven yeah. crowder does the change my mind mm-hmm. videos and i think that's a good idea because i mean his obviously you know his are a little inflammatory too but at least he's opening up a conversation to mm-hmm. the person to be mm-hmm. like hey change my mind like yeah, you know, And my dad wouldn't hold a sign that says, like, abortion is murder. Change my mind. <laughs> he'd just, he'd just <laughs> That's like, fair. Mm, no, it's murder. Don't. <laughs> yeah. 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 So
0: what does he say with the whole, uh, Whoa, but but what if I got raped?
1: Uh, so my dad and I actually agree with my dad on this. Um, I believe that an abortion is a very dangerous and traumatic experience for a person who goes through it. And it's very uh
0: most of all the baby.
1: Right. As I mean I mean but if you're coming from like the perspective of someone who doesn't care about the baby. Yeah. Even understanding that is realizing that, you know, if you're putting that on yourself of taking a life is really heavy. Yeah. And that's so heavy that it ruins people's lives. Like and I think we try to hide that under the pretext of mm-hmm. like, oh, you know, we had to do it or it was gonna further traumatize them by having a child in the world that was their rapist child, and that's just not true. And so, um, and people, you know, coming from the Darwinian idea that, you know, that child's gonna be a bad person because their parent was a rapist is also not true. It's so not true. Yeah. So yeah, basically I don't think you should be adding trauma to trauma. And I don't think you should try and fix a situation that was horrific and can't really be fixed. Yeah. And so I think people just try to um, pretend things didn't happen. And, you know, we we don't live in a world where that's possible sometimes. I wish that
0: adoption wasn't so expensive. Because surely that would be helpful.
1: Yeah. And I... It's so sad because... I know kids are so wanted by people that don't have, like, all the bells and whistles to adopt, and that's kind of sad. Also, single people have a really hard time adopting. Mm -hmm. Like, my sister Heather, she, you know, she's not, she feels that she's not called to be married, and she has no desire in her heart to be married. But she'd love to take care of children someday, but, you know, that's, Mm. with the culture we have, she's not really able to do that because you know uh adoption is very difficult if you're a single person they they worry you know that the child won't get to have the dynamic of both parents which I understand too that is important I think it's important to be able to have that so on the other hand I understand it Mm
0: -hmm. it's tricky tricky (laughs) tricky tricky but
1: then also I'm like over here thinking but what if those kids never get adopted and then they never get to have Right, yeah, that's not that much better <laughs> yeah. to just never
0: be adopted. Yeah, I so
1: was like, I would rather have a kid be with, you know, someone like my sister who would be super loving to them and, you know, give them the world than to, to grow up in the foster care system. Yeah. So, and you know. And it's also weird that, like, why
0: is adoption so expensive? hmm And then isn't it cheaper to adopt from other countries
1: than it is from america it might be i think that's I think true. i've heard
0: that before and that seems
1: yeah weird it is weird and i'd be curious to know honestly you know maybe go and interview someone from stanton or something sometime one of the crisis pregnancy centers to see how that process goes and kind of understand like where the price why it adds up to that yeah and i'm sure it's for good reasons. I just don't know them. But yeah, and I know there are still, you know, a lot of people that adopt and can af- afford to adopt, especially when the child is a- an infant, which seems kind of backhanded to me because I think to myself, oh, so a four year old's not good enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah. Yeah.
0: Jordan and I have talked about kids, and, you know, mm-hmm. I'm like, I What if I literally don't want to have a baby? Yeah. But then I'm like, I also just don't really like kids between the age of zero and 18.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I relate to this so much because sometimes I feel like I have no maternal instinct. Yeah. Like, I'll just hold a baby and they'll cry and cry and I'm like, well, I don't know, man. Like i i guess you'll get over this eventually yeah <laughs> like, i'm not like oh poor baby i yeah yeah I same yeah same. And, uh, and another thing to me is like i've actually felt that too like i have a heart for adoption because i'm like man i would love to like take a kid out of a situation that's bad and almost to me and this might be totally backwards but I thought, like, why Why is it so important for me to physically have a child from myself if there's so many unwanted children in the world? Mm-hmm. So wouldn't it make sense and be an unselfish thing to do if you chose to have children that were unwanted come to your home instead of having your own children? Definitely. I mean, yeah. And so that's one thing to think about, I guess. You know, I'm sure you've thought about that.
0: Yeah. But. I'm sure we'll have kids. I was having some major baby fever yesterday. Seriously? Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I don't know if I've had it yet, but explain to me how that happens. Like, what is the feeling? Well, I'll
0: just describe what happened yesterday. Okay. So, we were going through some scrapbooks of my nephew between Mm -hmm. the age of zero and two. Mm -hmm. And there were lots of pictures of my sister and her husband and kind of hanging out with their friends mixed in. Yeah, And... I noticed how cute they look together, and it struck me that, oh, they don't look like they love each other less now that they have a baby. I don't know, for some reason, maybe I had this deep fear that you bring in a baby and suddenly you don't care about your spouse that much anymore. So, I don't know. I I don't think I'd ever thought about it. So that kind of happened, but I was looking at how cute I was as a kid. <laughs> and you're like Christy.
1: Let's bring it back to how cute I was. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to lie; it's true. So, and but
0: how cute it is to look at that kid. That baby that I was holding, mm-hmm. and then to look over and I work with him and hang out with him and Google with him all day long.
1: That is so, and that cool. that is
0: really fun. And how much that baby has mannerisms like that man,
1: right? Yeah, yeah. And
0: then I saw some pictures of my brother Brian when he was between sixteen and eighteen. And just how much his son, who's 12, looks like him. He has oh. the same chin. And I was just like this. I don't know. There was just something about that that was like, yeah. go home, make a baby right now, <laughs> Jordan.
1: <laughs> oh, man. That is so relatable because just, you know, watching your nieces and nephews grow up and you're like, oh, man, I almost sat on you one time. And now you're like talking to me. Yeah. <laughs> like I nearly crushed you. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there's on a story accident. here. <laughs> okay, it's not a long story, but right after my one of my nephews was born, his name's Axel, I there was this big pile of blankets on the couch, and apparently he was sleeping under them, and they made a little air hole for him. Like little swaddled? Yeah, and I didn't know he was underneath that big pile of blankets, and so I just sat right down. And I was like, oh, well, that doesn't feel right. <laughs> and so I was like, it wasn't like I sat for very long. It was like I touched my butt down. Oh, yeah. And like kind of crushed it a How old were bit. you, do you think? Uh, I think I was 14. So you were big. Yeah. You were I was six big. foot tall. Yeah, I was a six foot tall, 100 and something pound 14 year old. And so. Yeah, I felt a little bit of like a a baby feeling under my butt. (laughs) I got up and I was like, oh, no, is he okay? I hope I didn't break him. And I like ripped all the blankets off of him and he's all crying and stuff. Good thing the couch was soft enough. So I think I just kind of like smushed him into the couch. Yeah. But it was scary. And so, yeah. But now he's, you know, going to his first year of school and he's all cute and whatnot. and. Can hold a solid conversation, and I'm just like, it's so weird because you were just like a little tiny baby. I yeah, I don't know, it's disconcerting in a good way, <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway. So, that's kind of like what baby fever okay for me is like. It's
1: really okay, dangerous. so
0: let's circle back around to like being a dietitian and mm-hmm. nutrition and stuff. So, you're a vegan, yeah, yeah, and that is
1: because so when I was about 15 I was already vegetarian for a while because my parents you know like I said they're kind of hippie a little bit and mm-hmm. so they were really into health and stuff so uh, I never ate red meat in my life except maybe like little bites and stuff so I was like Ew, gross and I was kind of already on that trajectory I guess to be vegan because my parents were so kind of uh, principle-minded, so I was like, oh, I must be extreme in everything I do. Uh, Yeah, so I remember stumbling across, like, a slaughterhouse video on my Instagram page, and I watched it, and I was just mesmerized, and I couldn't take my eyes off of it, and then I started crying because the animal was all scared and stuff, and Then it, like, you know, gave you some stats and stuff about the animals or whatever. And I was, like, just went down this rabbit hole. Like, I went to that page, and then I went to another page. Oh, no. And then uh, that night, I watched, like, three different documentaries. Oh, goodness. (laughs) And I was just, like, eyes pouring, getting dehydrated, Mm -hmm. watching these. And then I woke up the next morning, and I was, like, I'm going to be vegan. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so I was, like, flaming vegan and super, you know, like – took a moral stance on it and stuff. And, you know, to the point where I thought I was better than other people because... Oh, yeah, you're 15. Oh, yeah. What else do you think when you're 15? Of course, yeah. I was all militant and whatnot. (laughs) (laughs) But I kept it pretty good, like, pretty under the radar. But then, like, it would pop up whenever I saw a video or something and got all indignant. So, and then after a while, one of my good friends, I had posted something really f- inflammatory on instagram and, like a month later she was like hey christy uh do you think this like vegan thing is a little bit of like an idol for you and i was like no <laughs> yeah my, my mind was like no what are you talk about it makes me more christian uh. <laughs> and, and in reality I But then I said aloud, thank the Lord. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. <laughs> <So> <laughs> at that point, I was like, I need to like refocus and go back to scripture and be like, what's really scriptural? What's actually... I mean, you know? in scripture, they ate cows. Yeah. And so I'm like, obviously, human life is more important to God than a cow. And I have to understand that. And I have to humble myself enough to accept that. It doesn't mean I don't, I have to eat a bunch of beef. It just means I have to understand that and I have to be humble and not be like a weird militant vegan. (laughs) (laughs) So now if people ask me why I'm vegan, I'm like, it's for health reasons. And, you know, I like the way I feel when I eat that way, which is all true. So,
0: so do you have, do you have a line of what animal is now Morally allowed to be killed, like rattlesnakes. Yeah, like so, like, do
1: you, or is it just all animals? I mean, I will kill a spider and stuff like that, just because I'm like, I I don't think, I just don't want animals to be killed inhumanely, you know. And so I'm like, okay, if I kill this spider, I'm gonna like smush it real good, like fast, so it dies real quick. I'm not gonna like pull its legs off or something, because I feel yeah. like that's just cruel definitely but yeah and like i've well you know
0: that a lot of serial killers when Uh they were kids torture animals
1: true yeah i mean my brother who was a sociopath he tortured animals did he really Mm Mm-hmm. yeah was
0: this one of your older brothers yeah this
1: is one of my older brothers yeah i wonder if he'll he'll probably never listen to this but it'd be funny if he did because he'd be like she's a liar you know that makes sense was Uh, the
0: other one a sociopath
1: uh no he was just like weird like he never tortured animals or anything but he was like definitely like messed up so
0: do you think anything happened to them
1: um no maybe they did stuff to each other who helped I, I do not want to know but <laughs> I don't think anyone else in our family did anything to them like my dad was never abusive and they weren't around my older siblings really so pretty much just like isolated weirdness Mm -hmm. both of them like how do I say this they think that they are possessed like they think that and they've said that many times to like multiple people in our family and I'm like okay I don't know if you're possessed or not like whatever but that doesn't really give you an excuse to be a terrible person like it's bizarre. How,
0: what kind
1: of evidence
0: do they, like, what is their reasoning to why they think they are?
1: So, my, my older brother, the older one, I should say, because they're both older than me, he had an experience when he was a little kid at my grandma's house. And my grandma, no doubt, was, if not possessed, like, very much senile dementia and did a lot of okay, weird things. Okay, So, she uh, would get up out of bed at night and this was when she had guests in the house and she would walk into like the guest room when like one of the rooms no one was in and she would stand you know with her nose almost touching the wall and then she would just start talking to someone um there's no one in there oh but she God. would just be having a conversation with whatever she was having a conversation with whether that be you know her senile dementia or you know her if spirit she was of some sort. Of, yeah, or if she ha- was hearing voices, which um, is totally possible. She could have been hearing voices. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of terrifying. <laughs> and uh, yeah. she got put in a home pretty soon after that. But So, did someone walk
0: it, like wake up to her doing yeah, that? Yeah,
1: so my brother, he woke up when he was a kid and went into the room because he was looking for her and he saw her in there and that really scared him because he was a little kid oh my gosh of course and so then he said after that night he had nightmares about her all the time like he would have nightmares where she was chasing him like through the house and like he would run into a room and then she'd be under the bed and Oh
0: my I have full body chills.
1: Yeah, I'm terrified. It's scary because she's like this decrepit old woman, and it was, you know, very scary for him. I never knew her because I wasn't even born yet. But, uh, so after that, he said he started hearing voices, and mm. and you know, they started to happen. Who knows how long and early in his life because he's kind of uh, you can't really trust what he says because he lies a lot, which is super common with people who, you know, have antisocial personality disorders. And so I would say he definitely by the age of like 20 was hearing voices every day constantly. And he would just kind of lie about it and tell people he wasn't hearing them. Would
0: anyone catch him talking?
1: Um, No, because I think he mostly did it when he was alone in his room at night. Uh, and so, but he would tell me, his younger sibling, that he would hear voices and they would tell him to do certain things. And so that was super scary for me as a kid because I was like, okay, I don't, My I guess my brother's crazy. But, you know, he, he kind of confided in me with that. So he was like, don't tell other people. And then as he got older, he would deny that he heard anything. Did he feel like the voices were telling him to do bad things? He said that the voices would try and, like, startle him. So he'd be, like, Mm. falling asleep, and then he'd hear a voice go, like, whoa. Or, like, wake up. Or a voice say something like, uh, oh, gee. I remember him saying he heard a voice say something like, you're a bad person or like be kind of tearing him down and tell him hmm. bad things about himself. And he didn't like that at all. He got really,
0: you know, angry mm-hmm.
1: because the voices were, you know, basically, I guess, uh revealing things about himself that he didn't want to think about. Um, And then he hmm. would, he never told me like a lot of things that they were saying, like he would like I guess, hint at things that they would say, but I never really knew because I don't think he wanted to tell me, but he wanted someone to know that he was hearing voices. So very odd, but hmm. yeah. Do you th- So
0: he thought he was possessed. Do you think it was just kind of some mild schizophrenia? I think,
1: you know, I I don't know. I mean, I would say that I do believe in spiritual warfare mm-hmm. and so I don't think it's out of the realm of reason that he could have been influenced by spirits if not possessed by them um, because they prey on people who have weaknesses mm-hmm. and so, you know, he being a weaker person in that area because he had, I, I think, a mild schizophrenic um, condition, you know, I think it's possible because... As he got older, his schizophrenia got to the point where he thought the world revolved around him because that's kind of what happens with um, that paranoia. You start to think that police officers are following you and they're not, or that uh, there's different people who are secret agents who are there to kind yeah, of like yeah. keep tabs Was on you. Was he on drugs? He was not on anything except marijuana. So Well, marijuana can make you paranoid. Yeah, that's true. And But he was very paranoid before he started smoking. Okay. <laughs> so I'm like, people were like, oh, yeah, it's the marijuana making him really paranoid. I'm like, no, when he I was 12. I think there's a little bit more. Yeah, when he was 12, he was telling me like his parents were like out to get him and all kinds of stuff. So, yeah. yeah. So
0: I read a book a couple years ago. It was called The Day the Voices Stopped. And it was a story of this boy when he was 12. One day, he started hearing voices. Mm-hmm. And when it first started, they it wasn't just like in his head necessarily. It was when the TV was on. So there was already a real voice that he was hearing. Oh. But the words were, you know, directly towards him and oh. about him. And so it was like that with the TV and radio for a while. But then it... It went to just all the time, voices, voices. And I really thought that this was a very clear demonic yeah, example. You think, huh? Because it was so extreme, so fast. And then what was th- the most telling part, in my opinion, was that he was being told to kill himself. Mm-hmm. And how to do it. Wow. Like... He, how to tie knots that he did not know how to tie yeah. like this is how you tie a noose oh, and you go man. to this tree and you get to this type of rope and it
1: was so specific and again the full
0: body chills
1: yeah i'm i'm actually like shivering <laughs> my my arms hair is standing on edge i don't know if you can see that but it looks i like can't snow. see it from here i'm <laughs> i'm
0: sorry for this i this will probably have an explicit rating yeah <laughs> podcast sure. so anywho and then So that was a very clear sign. And thankfully, uh, I can't remember how it happened, but he he wasn't able to kill himself. But he did go through steps to get there. And then at 18, his parents kind of abandoned him. They just didn't. This was, I think, in the 80s or something. There wasn't a ton of good medicine in this realm yet. And he, it might have been earlier than that. I'm going to have to look it up. But the point is that his parents didn't know how to deal with him. And so when he was 18, they kind of kicked him out. And he was like, I'm going to move to New York. That makes sense. Okay. And a thing that his voices were telling him, you know, the same paranoia. You know, this person is out to get you. They just want to get you in trouble. They're going to hurt you. So very isolating type. Very antisocial type stuff. But he gets to New York City. And, you know, literally every person he sees, his voices are saying, stay away, stay away, stay away. Except for this one man, he heard nothing. Wow. And this one man was a sex trafficker. (gasps) Right? Yeah. That does, this, like, so So, he just was led straight into the arms of the sex trafficker. And he was, um, he was pimped out. And that was, like, how he lived for a while. And he... Because it was just, he had no other anything. Yeah. And then for the next like 20 years or something, he would go back and forth from being homeless to being like an escort or something. Oh. Just his whole, the only way he could ever get money was through sex work. And then he would get on some medicine. But back then, the side effects were so bad, oh, especially like... for that kind of, that extreme Maybe like thing. schizophrenic stuff, yeah. So that he couldn't, he wouldn't keep, continue to take his medication because it, And, but then the paranoia is, well, the doctors are trying to poison you. You can't trust them. So I can't remember how old he was, but he eventually got a good therapist and he got some good medication. And this is the one thing that is confusing about the spiritual end of things Mm -hmm. is because one day the voices did stop. Wow. And so that is super weird. And he actually said that it was such a terrifying thing. He locked himself in his bathroom for a couple days because his his head, like, his auditory system was so overwhelmed all the time that suddenly he could hear, like, a clock tick. And Mm -hmm. that was scary. And just the world suddenly was amplified. And so he locked himself in his bathroom for a few days. And so just a total basket case.
1: Yeah. Very
0: intense story. Very... but yeah, I'm pretty convinced that schizophrenia and demonic... They're
1: hand in hand, yeah. honestly, because they seem to very like flow into each other. And I think it's partially because schizophrenia, people don't really know what it is. What it is, is it's that walking, sleeping. So you're, you're sleeping, but you're awake. Yeah. So your imagination is so vulnerable to that spiritual realm. And so you're just, you know, you don't know if what you're seeing is part of your your brain trying to you know uh, dream for you while your eyes are open or if it's something else it's scary so because you know they say a large portion of our dreams that we don't remember are nightmares and anxieties that we don't deal with when we're awake
0: yeah yeah my sister was telling me that so kind of throughout the day you get a you are just constantly taking in information
1: mm-hmm. and there's
0: lots of stuff that your brain natu- just subconsciously says okay this isn't relevant we'll shove it mm-hmm. in this corner and then when you sleep it pulls out that folder and yeah. sorts through it and so there that's what dreaming is is it sorting through all that information right
1: and there's probably a lot of bad <laughs> There's a lot of bad stuff in there. Yeah. Oh man. I just remember one dream it was terrifying. I don't know if I should, it's not like, it's just very like gory.
0: Okay. You tell your worst nightmare. I'll tell you mine. Okay.
1: (laughs) So I walk into a room and there are two people in the room and they have those grapefruit spoons Like, the ones that you use, like, so the spoon with the little knife on the end, basically. Oh. So it kind of adds an extra edge to the spoon so that you can scoop out the grapefruit.
0: Are these men?
1: These are two guys, yeah. Uh, And they're scooping out flesh from inside their mouths. (gasps) And they're eating it. (gasps) And they offer me a spoon. (gasps) And then that's when I was like, nope, 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 nope. And the dream ended, but it was, like, the most horrific dream I have ever had, and it was not in relation to anything. That is true. That's horrible. It was horrible, and I was like, I don't know what, like, kind of thing put this in my head, but it was not anything from, like, the the world I live in. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's insane. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, so my... I have two that are pretty even. Okay. So they're similar. So the first one is our youth group was going to Boise just for like a little fun day. Mm-hmm. And um, we needed to stop at Walmart to get a case of water while we for while we were at the park. And we walk in there and a, a guy came in with a machine gun and oh. just started shooting everybody. Oh and so, you know, we were... The whole dream was like this guy had endless amounts of bullets and we were just running through the store, like hiding in the clothes racks, hiding under the jewelry, just anywhere that we could find uh, somewhere to hide. So that was one. And then the other one is very similar. But sometimes I have these dreams where it really plays like a movie where Mm. it restarts and restarts and restarts. And it's like a game that I have to fix
1: kind of like a video game where you keep dying and you You keep dying and you have
0: to relive it until you can beat the bad guy yeah and so this one a bunch of the kids my age we were doing like a little reunion thing and we were having a it was in the overnight this guy just barged in and again just started shooting us all and of course we all died the first time but then it restarts and so and obviously, I'm the hero of my own story. Oh, pfft, the, so, and I can't remember how many times I had to do it, but it was just reliving the horror over and over again until eventually I was waiting just inside the door with oh. something to whack him over the head so that as soon as he opened the door, I was right there to whack him.
1: That's like kind of like that movie, Happy Death Day. Oh, I did not watch that. Okay. I watched previews <laughs> and I...
0: I don't watch horror.
1: Yeah. So this one is kind of like a comedy horror. And so it's not, I don't know if it's super gory. I don't think so. But there's probably some blood just because she gets murdered every time she wakes up. So basically she wakes up and it's her birthday. And at the end of her, you know, day, this murderer shows up and he's in a mask and he kills her. And so, of course, she has to die in, like, funny ways or whatever, right, (laughs) to make it more of a light movie. But then once she dies, she suddenly wakes up again, and it's her birthday again, and Mm. all the people are acting the same and all this stuff. So she gets more and more annoyed because this guy keeps killing her, and she's like, I have to end this cycle. And so she eventually figures out, like, how to, like, corner this guy and get into a situation where she can get away or kill him so that she doesn't die. Um, but it's really funny because she'll wake up and she's like, I don't even care if I get killed, so I'm probably going to get killed so this day I'll never live again, right? So she gets up naked and she just like runs out onto the campus and everyone's like, what? <laughs> it's really funny. Nice. But it reminded me of that because it's just kind of really that. Starting. Yeah.
0: Man. So we got onto this ridiculous rabbit trail yeah. just because we were talking about what animals are morally okay to kill. <laughs>
1: I know. Oh, because we got on torturing animals. Yeah. yeah.
0: Okay. So how do you, because meat and dairy and stuff like this is a mm-hmm. huge source of fat and proteins. Mm-hmm. So how do you make up for that?
1: Um. So I mostly eat like a lot of basically nuts because that's like the highest fat mm-hmm. thing you can eat and a lot of oil. So a lot of people who, eat meat they don't eat much oil you know unless they eat fast food but um <laughs> which is a lot of people so I'm not judging but uh so you know uh, the average per a dietitian will tell you like you know cut back on your oil don't eat too much but if you're a vegan you kind of actually have to be eating like three or four tablespoons of pure oil a day because you're not really getting it from animal fat yeah and so you know i like to do olive oil because mm-hmm. it tastes really yummy. So I'll like dip bread in it and eat it.
0: That is so delicious. It's really good. Yeah. So as a dietitian, uh you would get clients mm-hmm. and they would create a diet for this particular need or if there's allergies. Or... Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Gotcha. I'd say mostly it's half and half, I'd say. Some people go into a dietitian because they have cancer and so they need to figure out a way to, you know, eat food that they enjoy eating but still within the realm of, like, fighting their cancer. So, you know, people who have cancer, I would always advise them to go one of two directions. They can go the low-carb direction, which, you know, sugar tends to feed cancer, so you want to avoid it. Um, But the only problem with that is that the low-carb option doesn't really provide you a lot of um, the good stuff that's in fruits and vegetables that helps you fight cancer naturally. And so, you know, people have seen a lot of great results with, you know, eating only plants and eating a lot of whole plant foods, um, just low sugar ones and doing really well fighting their cancer. But then there's also people who eat a lot of meat and do well. So I think part of it is just Taking a direction mm-hmm. and going that direction very strictly so that you can,
0: yeah, you know, and then, you know, it takes a little bit for digestive systems to reorient. So I, it would take like a month. Yeah. Probably I assume before you would see much. Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you have like colon cancer or something, I would definitely advise avoiding meat. <laughs> but if you have like leukemia, that's a totally different story. I'd say, you know, because you don't want to put additional stress on your intestinal tract if it's like intestinal cancer and so i would advise people to like drink a lot of you know vegetable juices and try and get their calories in like very um mushy foods that aren't difficult to digest interesting yeah Hmm. it's all kinds of interesting
0: yeah so um jordan peterson my favorite person next to taylor swift
1: oh yes my two favorite people they could not be more (laughs) different different. i want him to meet taylor swift and interview her that would oh that would be amazing he'd be like so what's your view on this and
0: she'd be like and he'd be like wrong (laughs) like you're wrong (laughs) you're wrong this is uh, yeah the the pay the the male the pay wage gap <laughs> I, I can't think of what it's called but it's not real oh, just shut yeah. up i
1: know for real yeah There's so many career women now and they're yeah. making so much money like okay the ceo of cracker barrel you know who it is no it's a black woman oh of course it is yeah and that, it's funny because like i think it was something like 60 years ago there's a story of some black people getting kicked out of a Cracker Barrel. Oh, man. And I'm like, we're so far from that point in, yeah. we're at in time like where people would be discriminated against to that point to now having a CEO who's like a black person.
0: Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. I do not want to talk about race relations.
1: Yeah. Okay, so moving back to
0: so Jordan Peterson's daughter. Okay. I'm going to butch- do a really, really fast version of the story. When she was little, she had – it wasn't diagnosed yet, but she had extreme, like, advanced arthritis that was oh. just killing her bones. And so, like, by the time she was a teenager, I think she'd already had a couple joints replaced hmm. and was just in horrible pain and then horribly depressed yeah. from all that pain. Couldn't move – And I think when she was, like, 23 or 24, she started the paleo diet. Okay. And that kind of helped, but then she took it the next step further, which is steak only. Oh, yeah. Only
1: steak. So, like, carnivore diet.
0: Complete carnivore, and she only drinks water. Oh. And it fixed her. Hmm. Completely fixed. Like, pain gone, mood disorders gone. Wow. And just recently she's done that for a few years now and just I saw yesterday or something that uh she she can eat she tried eating chicken and it and it didn't hurt her okay and a couple months ago she's like I'm gonna try eating an apple I used to really like apples I'd like to eat apples again so but that was a thing where maybe like her gut bacteria and just everything had to be totally reset somehow
1: And I think that's definitely a thing because I've done quite a bit of research on that. And what seems to happen in people's gut is maybe they have a a perforated intestinal tract because of certain foods that they have sensitivities to or really severe allergies to. And so their colon and intestinal tract gets so perforated that the food they're eating is literally any fiber is going to go into their Um, straight into their blood system and cause, you know, all this joint pain, all this fibromyalgia. And Hmm. because you're literally like, there's food in your body where it shouldn't be. Interesting. (laughs) And so, yeah, it's awful for people. I mean, I've experienced it myself. um, Having a leaky gut basically is what it is. And um, if you are able to find a way, which a lot of people have with eating a lot of meat because there's there's no fiber in meat it can kind of help that intestinal tract recoat itself and heal over time hmm. and so I think that's awesome like seeing a lot of people who are able to just completely heal their bodies by doing that and it's great because meat has everything you need technically mm-hmm. you know you can survive on meat for a very long time yeah so that's good
0: yeah yeah what what do you think about, like, paleo? I'm kind of currently, I jump back and forth between what kind of diets. I just like to keep things interesting because my yeah. life is fairly boring. So I've been doing really low carbs, like 20 grams. I did a few days where I did not eat a carb. Wow. And I was like... How do you feel? I felt good. I did want carbs. Mm. I was thinking about chips and yeah. tortillas all day. But I actually felt amazing. Hmm. But then I was like, should I do carnivore? Well, I just really like Greek yogurt. <laughs> I can't go without my Greek yeah. yogurt. So I've just been doing essentially paleo. And I feel pretty good except for these last few days. But I think I just maybe ate some meat that was just a little bit disagreed with me. And it's kind yeah. of screwed me up for a couple days. But I know. that I always
1: worry about that too. I'm like, oh, what if like someone who's doing like a meat only diet gets a bad steak or something? Yeah. <laughs> Um, I think paleo is good. I think there's lots of people who have lived their whole, you know, half their life doing paleo and they, they seem really healthy. I mean, obviously we all know that keto is really not good for you. Yeah. <laughs> but How is it not good? Well, it, it's kind of the premise of it is to push your body into ketosis, which isn't really sustainable and it's kind of dangerous. And so if you're doing keto to um, help you with, like, a seizure disorder or something like that. A seizure disorder? <laughs> yeah. uh, they actually used to use it for children who had certain disorders because they saw results that were actually pretty um, positive from putting kids on a short keto diet. So that was originally what it huh. started as. So it was kind of like a, a medical test that they would do and try and get the kid into a little bit of t- ketosis, and it would kind of fix them somehow. But they wouldn't keep them on yeah. forever. So
0: so part of, like, um, intermittent fasting, which mm-hmm. I do quite a bit of. Yeah. Part of that is you want to get your body into ketosis. Oh,
1: okay. So ketosis
0: isn't... It's just the point where your body switches from using immediate fuel right. to yeah. your fat reserves. Yeah.
1: So, so that makes sense. I mean...
0: So I can see that if you're getting too low of body fat, it's not very good. But yeah. then... So then now I I'm just I is, is
1: staying in ketosis constantly. Right. And I think that's the lure of keto diet is that you get to burn fat so fast because you're, like, basically maintaining a ketosis yeah. for months on end. And that's all well and good. But then it, I just have never seen very many people that have seen great success in it because it's so hard. You're, like, going against everything your body wants and yeah. needs. Because you're not giving it any immediate energy. You're always, you know, eating off of your stores, basically. And so, for me, obviously, I'm not looking to lose weight. So, if I did that, I'd just feel like crap and probably faint. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. It's, I don't know. I've always been a proponent of high-carb diets. Because I think if you eat a lot of fiber, it can help you feel satisfied. If eating a mm. lot of veggies and stuff. And it, it tends to, like, give people what they want. Because we all like carbs. But you can just eat more complex carbs.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Um, I'm
1: trying to think if I have any more nutrition stuff. Yeah. What's, like, a big thing that people always ask, I guess, about nutrition?
0: Well, shouldn't you have a super well-balanced diet? Like... The American the American food food yeah. pyramid, which I've heard from some people, which is crap.
1: Yeah, that it Sweet. was like uh, we're trying to sell food.
0: Yeah, so. it's kind of
1: funded by the dairy industry, so they tell us we need to be drinking like something crazy amount of milk a day and stuff. And I think that part's kind of scummy, but other than that, it's okay, I guess. <laughs> um. I would say you can do just fine without dairy. That being said, it's really high in calories. So it's great for kids. Yeah. Because they need so many calories. So I'm like, I think it's great for kids. As you're an adult, you should probably slow down. <laughs> <laughs> um, just because you don't really need that much milk. Yeah. As an adult. And it is a myth. But what about chocolate milk? <laughs> <The> chocolate milk? Chocolate <gasps> milk. Oh, I remember those. Um I'm pretty sure they still do them, but the they pay athletes to say they drink milk after a workout.
0: (laughs) Oh, I Um. used to drink chocolate milk after a workout because I don't know. My mom wanted me to drink protein powder, and I was like, "That's disgusting." Yeah, how about I just drink (laughs) whole milk with some yeah uh, some chocolate? That's true. So yeah, and uh, I hate milk and. I never drank it as a kid. The consistency grosses me out. Like, thick liquids, no thank you. Oh, yeah. But then I'm short. So, I mean, some, I don't know if it's a myth or not, but that calcium helps you grow.
1: Oh, so, yeah. I would like to speak on that a little bit. So, step up on your soapbox <laughs> yeah, right there. <laughs> like, no, I'm not going to be all militant, but um, leafy greens help people build calcium much better than milk because the, the issue with milk is that it's it's not the calcium in it is not bioavailable to us the same way it is from leafy greens um which is unfortunate because you're like oh man look how much calcium is in that it mm-hmm. must be like you know gonna be really good for my bones but unfortunately it doesn't really work that way and i wish it did because then i'd just be telling everyone to drink a gallon of milk and they'll never get arthritis <laughs> yeah but
0: yeah I don't how do you know when like so I've heard that there are different types of food that help you absorb the nutrients in it yeah. so like if you need potassium there's lots of potassium in bananas but you don't absorb it but there's yeah but you absorb it much better from avocados
1: yeah I think it's it's partially and I haven't studied this a lot but like for instance if you'll see supplements in the store and it's like calcium and magnesium like those two are really good to take together because it helps you absorb them mm. um so yeah for some reason our body like doesn't want to take in a certain nutrient unless it has a complementary nutrient and if I get too sciencey here tell me but I think it's because of um, the way it's broken down in our body because, you know, the enzymes have to link together to create Mm -hmm. proteins and whatnot. And so it takes energy to, like, break those peptide bonds and do all that stuff. And so if they don't have the right chemicals, they can't accept the right chemicals. Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of how it works. Gotcha. I need someone to do, like, uh,
0: digestion science for kids in animated series. That'll I need someone cool. to create that for me. That'll be lit. Just for you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> do you, like, eat your kale <laughs> or something? <laughs> yeah.
0: But but do that where you have little animations of the chemicals bonding together. Oh gosh, to, like, yes. attack this other one and absorb right? it. That'd be cute. I if know. I was an animator, I would make it. And if I understood it. Yeah.
1: I don't know. Maybe there is. I've never really looked it up. There's really good... Um, Sciencey stuff, like the Amoeba sisters, that's a really good one. Okay. That helps me a lot in college, like Amoeba. when they're talking about different sciencey stuff. I'm pretty sure that's the only reason I got a an A in my last biology classes because I was just <laughs> watching videos for ten year olds.
0: <laughs> hey, you know what? Sometimes simple is better. Yeah, it's better. Um, so the business that you run right now,
1: mm-hmm.
0: is this kind of a side project, or will it be a thing that you like, um, really
1: want to do? I mean, with businesses like this, you, you don't really want it to be your main project from the get-go, because it's kind of like, basically, you want to build a debt-free business. You don't want to go into debt for something that might not pan out, and of course, you want it to pan out, because you want to be able to have more time and options in your life and stuff. So how does um, this
0: business work? What's the business
1: model? So business model basically is like most MLMs and things like that. You don't do like the the manufacturing side of the business. Um, mm-hmm. You mostly, you know, uh, distribute. And so you gain customers, earn their trust, serve them. And they do all the, you know, packaging and um, deliveries and things like that. And then you get to just promote your business and kind of build your brand off of theirs. And so, I mean, it's a really great business model, but at the same time, it's um, unfortunate that a lot of people getting into businesses like this, they don't have a business mindset and they don't have any kind of mentorship in their life or, you know, anyone to turn to when they're like, oh shoot, I don't even know how to, to be a person who is respectable enough for people to earn people's business you know? And so they end up going around making their family and friends really uncomfortable because, um, um they don't know how to, you know, go about things in a way that, uh, is respectable. So, so tell me
0: about some of the products you sell and then what are some of your, your favorite ones?
1: Okay. So, uh, I really, really like the nutrition side of the business, obviously, cause that's kind of what I'm all about. And, obviously there's a lot of boring stuff that has to go in to products like um, foundational stuff like just a multivitamin it's not yeah. a gummy it doesn't really taste good mm-hmm. <laughs> you just kind of have to shove it down but that stuff really you know at the end of the day it's kind of the the product you need because it's the one that's actually helping you live a healthier life and so you know, I'd love to see all my clients try those out. They prefer the gummies yes. <laughs> because they're tasty on me and, you know, they have some benefits. And so I'm like, you know what, let me get you some gummies, fam. But, yeah. <laughs> but you know, for foundational health, I think it's so important to have well-sourced multivitamins because a lot of times there's not a lot of regulations with multivitamins. So if you can get a multivitamin that is actually a uh, tested by very um, meticulous, I guess, criteria. There's a couple different organizations. Like there's the, uh, I forget what it's called, but I think it's this something world sports organization and they, I trust them a lot. So if any product in my shop has that label on it, I can say with confidence to someone, everything that this product claims to have in it, it has. So it has this milligram of zinc. It has this milligram of this and it's all sourced. So you can go and you can, you know, look up the farm it was raised on and you can see a live feed of the farm. Oh, cute. It's super cute. And so I'm like, that's awesome. And it really gives my business integrity mm-hmm. because I know a lot of businesses don't have that integrity. You know, like you hear bad stuff about, you know, Nike or, you know, big brands and you're like, well, but they're the biggest. I mean, I'm still going to buy it. Right. But the trusted you, name. Yeah. It's good to trust a name. So, so what's your business called? Um so my business is called Care and it's an acronym for my name. So my first initials of all my <laughs> name spell out C A R E. Oh, nice. Yeah, so it spells out car. <laughs> and I was like, that doesn't really seem like a very good business name. Car. So I was like, I'll just throw enterprise on the end of it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> So I was like, oh, care. Oh, I care about people. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, well, that's a good way to go about it. So I just threw that on there. And I ended up really liking it and kind of building a brand around it. And, you know, I just love it because if anyone's, you know, hearing about my business from another person, then they're like, what's it called? And they're like, I don't know. And they whip out my card and they're like, oh, I think it's care. And they're like, hmm. That's how I would <laughs> wish it would go, but it's probably not. Oh. <laughs> They're probably like, I don't know. Go ask her. <laughs> That's funny. But, yeah.
0: yeah. You sent me a care package. <laughs> a care package. See,
1: doo-doo-doo. I always tell people that. I'm like, can I send you a care package? Yeah, well,
0: <laughs> so you gave me some little um, protein bars. And they tasted a lot like Cliff bars. They do, They were yeah. pretty dang good. And some little hydration-like immunity, little water... Little pouches, things, and people do not shoot them. Yeah, you do need to combine them with water, even if it doesn't say it super clearly on the <laughs> label, <laughs> because it tastes nasty and it hurts your tummy. Yeah, it's um, really pleasant. I yeah,
1: started, after Abigail, I started putting labels on it that said to put good. in water. So yeah, good call, good call. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, but it was pretty yummy. Yeah. So why should people? come to come to your business what is it what does it offer
1: so as far as customer service I don't like to sell a to people plus plus a plus plus <laughs> <laughs> and I always tell people I don't like to sell to them I like to offer them products that fit in line with their lifestyle already right that they can switch a purchase over to so right so I used to buy cliff bars now I could just buy yeah, your bars if you so choose. And things like that. So really, I try to really go to the heart of it right away and say, hey, if you would like to support my business, you know, I am more than open to serving you as a customer rather than kind of coming at it as like, oh, I have this cool new product that, you know, it's going to revolutionize your life because, you know, I, my products are very high quality, but they're not going to revolutionize my right. product is never going to do that for you. So I think the really important thing is that you're supporting a business that of someone that you trust and that can be a personal shopper for you. So they can give you free samples of something they think you might like. And it can be something that adds value to your life mm-hmm. rather yeah. than, um, maybe just going to Walmart where, your money goes into the abyss and you don't really know where it goes. Yeah. If you are able to support a small business, then you're like, oh, my money went to go help someone I know. So how can people find you? Go to care. And if you go there, you'll be able to see the front page of my website and it'll show a little note for you. And then it'll show my social media so you can contact me through that. And then it'll also have, um, I believe, my email on there. So, you know, feel free to reach out to me on there. And yeah.
0: Perfect. And I'll put links in that in the show notes. So Sweet. you can just, you know, look at your phone and then click the link. Cool. Cool. So, just at, for some last couple questions that are just for fun, um, what do you like better, the office or Parks and Rec? Uh, the office. Okay. Full ham. Full ham? Yes. Interesting.
1: Yeah. Coming from a vegan. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't say <laughs> the real abbreviation for ham because what is it? it's a hard-ass mother. <laughs> Yeah, so, oh, oh, I
0: I didn't know it was an acronym. Yeah. <laughs> like, what does
1: ham have to do? Yeah, with any- So, if anyone says they're going full ham, you I'm like be sixty scared. years old. Yeah, I, I don't know what anything means so, these days. Anyway, I'm I'm full uh, hard ass for the office.
0: <laughs> okay, next question: uh, Is pre-Abraham history or legend? Oh. Historical legend. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. That's exactly where I land. Yeah. (laughs) Legendary stories that have been distilled, but based on some truth somewhere. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Okay, do you think that there are aliens?
1: Yes. Yay!
0: Uh, One of the first people that has agreed with me. Oh my
1: gosh, really? I didn't know that many people didn't believe in aliens. Yeah, guess not. Yeah, I mean... Because I know it's it's hard to believe that we're so special to God, right? Because he's so big and we're so small. And so I think that might be where people are coming from. They're like, well, to believe that there's aliens somewhere else is kind of discounting, I guess, in a way that, you know, we're these chosen uh, beings that God created. Um, But I'm like, well, why couldn't he have chosen other people to live on other planets? (laughs) I don't know. Like, maybe they have a Bible. Like, I don't know. That's an interesting thing to think about. Yeah, and
0: I don't know if aliens have to be, like, humanoid or human-like. Maybe they're just animals or who knows what. But just our universe and who knows if there's, like multiple multiple galaxies that you know we haven't discovered and you look at this the expanse of god's creation and to think that he the only thing that he allows water to be on is is this one yeah Yeah. like yeah and even if there's another planet like why can't he build um creatures just how we are just so clearly made to live in this habitat. Mm-hmm. Why can't he
1: make other creatures that truly were made from, for Mars? Yeah. Like, or whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, what if he created things just to glorify himself like he's done on this earth. Yeah, like and kind of like the angels. Years. They're just
0: kind of there to praise yeah, him. Yeah,
1: I know. And so that's really cool to think about too. Like, I mean, they might not be set, like sentient the way we know we are, but what if God just created these planets in this amazing galaxy which he created Yeah, to just continually show his um, majesty?
0: I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's a good, a good word. word. Yeah,
1: I don't know, but... Yeah, know.
0: well, I really hope that, you know, the Bible says there will be a new heaven and a new earth. Yeah. Like, I really hope, like, space travel is a thing in heaven, yeah. that we can just go and yeah. just... I mean, we have infinity. Yeah. We can just go look at and learn all the things that we wish we could have learned here. We could, yeah. we can learn about God. We can say, wow, you're so awesome. You created this. I had such a fallible... P brain that I couldn't (laughs) understand it on earth but now I can understand just yeah so I'm really excited about heaven and that kind of right
1: yeah and it's exciting too to think about it because just the fact that we're so excited and we thirst so much for knowledge and that separates us from Mm -hmm. every other you know creature on this earth because we have that emptiness that needs to be filled and we're constantly you know anxious for it yeah and that's in and it of itself to me is this i guess a a sign that we are meant for god you know and he's he created us for him because i don't think we would have that longing that constant need without him so yeah
0: for sure okay uh last question and then we can talk about taylor swift a little bit yes okay
1: um What makes you feel inspired to be your best self? Yeah, basically, other people's kindness to me is really what I think inspires me to be the best version of myself because they have so much invested in me, if not monetarily, but like emotionally and um, supportively. So I want to make the people in my life proud and I really want people to be able to look up to me. So I think, you know... Is that selfish or do I want to be like the cool guy or is it altruistic? <laughs> we may never know, but you know.
0: Well, I could make it spiritual. Yeah. And I think so in Romans, Paul says that God's kindness is what leads us to repentance. There is really something inspiring yeah. about kindness and gracefulness and someone saying, I see you in all that you are and I think you can be better but Mm -hmm. I still like you this way yeah and that really makes you feel free to not just you know be rigid and you can try new things and you might mess up but it's okay because this person still cares about you and
1: yeah yeah so that's true you you worded that a lot better than me (laughs) because you got deeper you like deep quoted me on that you got real good cool
0: well I'll kind of end the episode so you're free to tune off if you do not care about Taylor Swift. But for the rest of you who might want to listen to me just talk about Taylor Swift for another 20 minutes, here you go. All right. What do you want
1: to know, Christy? (laughs) Okay. Favorite song when you were in high school? Or, like, I guess old era Taylor Swift.
0: Old era? Okay. Well, no, there's different favorite
1: songs for okay. different times. Oh, geez. Okay. <laughs> Look, songs
0: speak to you at different moments no, in your that's life. True, you that's true. That's true. I understand. So, I think in high school, I. Middle school, Um. Hey Steven. Oh, I don't know if I know that one. Oh, it's from Fearless. It's super good. Oh, okay. I love it a lot. So, like, middle school, I was like, Hey Steven. And then,
1: because <laughs> she would put people's names in songs. Huh? Oh, yeah, People she would, used like, to call them out. Yeah,
0: yeah, but that one I think was not it. I don't know if that was a real name or just one that she right. liked and fit in yeah. the song. So, and then I kind of went through this little stage where I was like, I am a tomboy, <laughs> so I don't like princessy Taylor Swift. Oh, yeah. So then I ignored Speak Now, but then I came back around at Red. Oh, yeah. And I think All Too Well was my favorite song for a long time.
1: That a song time. is so feels so nostalgic. Like, it's so... It is a know. really well-written song. Yeah.
0: It's about five minutes, and it really takes you through, like, basically the first day to the last day of this relationship. Yeah. And all the different emotions, and she's really good about putting in very very specific details to make you feel like every time i listen to the song it's like a full movie in my mm-hmm. head because she's so descriptive
1: yeah like when she was what is it when she was kind of on the street corner i think that's part of a song right um let's see if you remember the lyrics i don't know
0: well she has a song about like almost running red lights because they were like looking at each other and like yeah. Almost crashing.
1: Maybe that's the one I'm thinking of.
0: Yeah. And, like, yeah. She, she has a line about, like, his favorite song. And just, like, things about... Yeah. Just the details Aww. that make... I, on one hand, sometimes I cringe because I'm like, this feels so personal. Mm-hmm. I almost feel like an intruder. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe calm down, but at the same time, I'm like, this would not be a good song if it wasn't this personal.
1: That's true. I know. She's really good at that because you know it's really personal. So you're like, you feel like you're stepping into Mm -hmm. her life and you're like, whoa, okay, way to be vulnerable, champ. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Um, Let's see. Did you... So the Red Tour, that was kind of when she got into more, what would you call that? Like... Techno or is it EDM maybe dance music? Red, yeah. So that's when she kind of experimented with pop a little bit, and that was okay. also
0: when dubstep was a thing. That's what I'm. So that of one dubstep. song, uh, I knew you were trouble, yeah, has dubstep in it. That was the,
1: the probably a, the banger of the century. Oh my god! Oh my
0: word! Yeah. 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 Have you seen that video with the screaming goat? <laughs> oh yeah! yeah. <laughs> I've seen that one. It's pretty yeah. Oh my um. Man. So then. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, with 1989, she was kind of like, I'm just going to do this thing and I'm not going to placate my fans by, you know, her her record label was like, are you sure you don't want to put a banjo and shake it off? And she's like, do I want to put a banjo and shake it (laughs) off? Absolutely not. And so she was pretty clear, like, yeah, I think my fans are loyal and they'll stick with me if I'm honest and I'm not trying to placate them, which is.
1: Really respectable. Honestly, yeah. Because, I mean, was she really a country girl? I mean, she grew up on a tree farm, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. She grew up on a Christmas tree farm, and she did move to Nashville because her first love really was country. Yeah. And her first couple albums, she was definitely faking at Twain because that's what she wanted to be. I
1: did notice that a little bit, and I was like, I'm, I'm okay with it. Like, it's, I mean, a lot of people have a different, like, style because they kind of want to get into that. So I was like, it was obvious, but I wasn't mad about it.
0: Right, and it's what she wanted to be, and then I think if she just kind of grew into her own, and she kind of learned what she really liked for herself. Yeah, it's a lot more pop, but yeah. this album that comes out tonight is called Folklore, Ooh. which I'm really hoping it's a folky album.
1: That would be cool because I love folk music.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, stay tuned. T-minus three hours. Yeah. Three hours and six minutes. We're closing (laughs) in. So, are you going to buy it, or? Well, it should be on Spotify. Oh, it
1: is. Oh, okay. Do you have the Spotify... Premium? Like, the premium? Look, please,
0: Spotify, sponsor me. I already, unpaid, preached the good news of Spotify to everyone I see. That is true. Spotify Um, is a phenomenal app. And uh, premium is worth every penny. So... Any more questions?
1: Oh, let's see. I was going to ask you, uh, do you feel like since she kind of owns her music now, right? Yeah. Do you think that's changed what she's, uh, I guess, written more or like the style? Um. Maybe.
0: I hadn't really thought about it with that angle that oh, she was okay. changing because it was hers now yeah I just think that she's really into cementing time periods in her life, yeah, with styles, both in the way she dresses and the way she, that she writes her music, yeah, so I think that has been more of it that and be that it, she's yeah. willing to experiment with new things, yeah.
1: I like that because you can pretty much see any concert photo of her and you're like, "Oh, that was tour, That was Repture, that yeah, That yeah, was it's really this, cool." And that's cool. Jordan
0: used to complain that the album Red was so long and she's and he's like, "Why didn't she just split that into two albums? She could have made twice as much money." And I said, "No, she's really committed about yeah, this album continuity. represents a yeah. time period. These songs wouldn't make sense in 4 years." Yeah, exactly. So,
1: At least not to her, and then she, you know, she's very into, like, the trueness of what she's... Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Um, let's see. Did I ask you, do you have an all-time favorite song, or is that impossible to pick? It's
0: really hard to pick. The other day, McKenna asked me if you could only listen to one Taylor Swift song for the rest of your life, what would it be? And I picked Lover, because I think that is a really special song. Yeah. And, um... There are different songs for different times. Yeah. I really like the song style. I will immediately catwalk.
1: Style <laughs> comes
0: on and I'm just full model catwalk. Like, oh yeah. Just the strut fits perfectly yeah, into that it song. Does. Oh my gosh. Um Like 1989, if I just need a good mood, that whole album's super good. If I'm feeling kinda emo, I'll put on reputation. But then there's a couple really good bangers in there. But then she'll be like, this sweet little tender song. This is super cheesy. But she has a song called New Year's Day. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Have you heard it? Uh, I've probably heard it once, but I don't recognize the name right now. So it's a very sweet, gentle song. She's just on the piano. Mm -hmm. And it's, the whole premise is, I want to have our fun parties with you. I want to you know, drink and have fun. But what I'm also going to do is tomorrow morning, I'm going to wake up and we're going to clean up this mess together and we're going to be hungover, but we're going to be in it together. Oh, and it's much more poetic than that, but that's the yeah. just And as cheesy as it is, Jordan and I got married on New Year's Eve. So oh, it kind nice. of is representative of how I feel. It's like we got married, we started our life and then we're like next day.
1: We're like, okay, we're yeah. we're doing this. Oh, that's cute. Okay. I could see why that's, like, one of your favorites. Yeah. Also, I saw that she got more stacked recently, and I'm for it. I like it. Yeah, well,
0: <laughs> did you watch her documentary? Los I American? didn't. Is it good? I, sh- I feel like I should watch it. So the first hour was very, very good. Oh, I liked okay. a lot. The last 30 minutes was a lot about how she decided to be really political now. Oh, yeah. So that kind of... I didn't like it because so I think just kind of not the Taylor
1: you know yeah I not guess. the Taylor I yeah. know and
0: loved and respected yeah but the first hour she talked about how she had she was horribly anorexic and she mm-hmm. just thought it was normal that when she was at a concert she would feel so weak that she felt like passing Aww. out the whole time and she just thought that was normal yeah. and what was she. Was very careful about her image, and she used to never say negative things about herself just because she was really insecure. But yeah. she'd grown up, and as she was talking about this, they were showing clips, and like, yeah, she looked mostly dead on that stage. Yeah. And so she just kind of said, you know, I just had to grow up and I had to feel comfortable. And now I have fun, like more fun on my tours. I'm alive. I have energy the entire time. Yeah. Yeah. And she looks really good.
1: She looks great. And I also, because coming from someone who struggled with anorexia, like pretty much during the same time she did and (laughs) then got healthy during the same time she did, you go through this phase where you just feel kind of puffy and gross because you're eating way more calories than you're used to. Yeah. And then your body starts to kind of, like, reach that comfortable point where you, like, maybe you lose a little bit of weight or water weight is what you lose. And then you feel great and you're like, heck yeah, because you have a ton of energy. And so I think she's in that point now. Yeah. And I think that's awesome because that's, like, she's not going to necessarily revert back now because she feels so great. Yeah, she
0: feels good. And there's one photo on her Instagram of... Like, immediately, as soon as the concert was over, she just goes back, and she's just, like, sticking half a burger in her mouth.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Like, slamming it down. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. That's cool. There's been a couple of times I've seen her in, like, kind of chunky business suit type stuff, and I was like, okay, that's actually kind of cute. Like, I would wear that. Tall um, people can pull off the suits. Oh, like, if you saw me yeah. in a businesswoman suit. You <laughs> look like a little Italian monster. You <laughs> <laughs> look like Bruno Mars. Oh, yeah. Accurate. Oh, my gosh. He's okay. I used to have a really big crush on Bruno Mars. Oh, no. How he, embarrassing. I know. And I, I thought about it, and I was like, oh, my gosh, if I ever met him in person and I was wearing heels. He would go barely reach your boobs. I know. I'd be like, I would hug that little man, though. I would totally oh, do dear. that. Oh, my gosh. But, like, it's just funny because as a really tall person, I've always been attracted to, like, shorter guys. Why? I don't know. I think it's because, like, just they're the opposite of me. Yeah. And not necessarily that they're the opposite of me in their height. It's just, like, I'm not really attracted to, like, people who are, like, skinny like me. Oh. And so I, like, I'm more attracted to someone who's, like, a little more that's why you like Aaron with his little love handle yeah that's why I like Aaron with his little like little handles of love because he's like stacked and so I'm like oh I like the opposite of me I like it so it's not necessarily a height thing I just think shorter guys tend to be more bulkier yeah that's kind of what I'm attracted to so yeah interesting yep that thick neck syndrome is what I like to call it. Oh, ew. <laughs> it's not... Because I don't know why, but, like, shorter guys have, like, really thick neck veins. Or, like, not veins, like... Yeah, that little tendons. tendon thing. And, um, and like, sometimes I'm, like... Man, is
0: that just a big turn-on? <laughs>
1: the little Ooh. things. Out there. The little things. I'm a total weirdo, but I think... Everyone has weird things that they're attracted to. I don't know. Maybe it's just That's fair. What's a weird thing? Like,
0: hand veins. Um, yeah. Not hand veins, but kind of arm veins. They can be kind of sexy. Yeah, because you're like, oh, this person has good blood pressure. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that's what's going on in our subconscious brain. Maybe we're just... But our real brain is like, we should have a baby.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Our real brain... (laughs) Exactly, the subconscious is fake, it's all. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, all the people who are studying psychology are just, like, shaking their so <laughs> They're like, no, it's the real brain. <laughs> Man. Yep. Do you have any more Taylor Swift
0: questions? Not that I can think of at the moment. Cool. Well, thank you. Yeah. And we'll see you next time. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Peak Curiosity. If you liked this episode, please consider subscribing and leaving a review on the iTunes. I do not have any social media, but I would still love to hear from you. So you can email me at peakcuriositypod at gmail.com.